Ever sprained your ankle and wonder if there's anything you could do to speed up the rehab process? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about in today's episode of the At Home PT. I'm Daniel Herring, and welcome to my podcast, The At Home PT, where we're going to talk about physical therapy related to sports at all levels. I'm going to use my decade of experience treating professional, collegiate, and recreational athletes to try to simplify some of the information around different injuries and treatment types. That way, I can give you things that you can do at home today to get you back to playing your sport at a high level as quickly as possible. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to today's episode of the At Home PT. For those of you who have listened before, you may notice the audio sounds a little different today. Sorry about that. I was having trouble getting the Spotify website to work so I could use my normal microphone. So instead, I'm having to use my uh, mobile microphone, which doesn't have quite as good of audio quality. So just bear with me for today's episode. Then hopefully by next week, we'll be back to the usual. So I wanted to start today's episode off with talking about the three main types of ankle sprains, talk about different signs and symptoms and things you can expect to feel when you have them, and then also what you can expect in terms of timetables in order to get back to playing your sport as in, a, in a healthy manner. So first, let's talk about two of the less common types of ankle sprains, and then I'm going to say the most common type for third. The most common ankle sprain and the one with the longest rehab process to get back is a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprains happen when your foot goes into some kind of forced plantar flexion or dorsiflexion, which means your foot gets jammed up or jammed really far pointing with your toes pointing down. When that happens in a really hard forced manner, it actually stretches the soft tissue between the bones in your lower leg, your tibia and your fibula. And when that happens, those, that area gets irritated, it gets really painful, and because there isn't a great blood supply there, it takes a long time to heal. Some common symptoms of this are obviously pain when you walk, but very tender to touch between those two bones in your lower leg, so above your ankle, um, and the prognosis is going to be a lot longer. For this one, your prognosis is going to be at least two, maybe more like three or four months. It takes a long time to get back. This is one where if you watch professional sports, no doubt you've seen some of your favorite athletes suffer a high ankle sprain, and then it seems like they're out for an abnormally long amount of time for an ankle sprain, and that's why. This one just does not heal very well. You can't really put weight on it in the healing process, which also slows down strength and it causes a lot of stiffness. However, this is probably the second least common type of ankle sprain that you're going to see. Now, after high ankle sprains, really the only other major category is low ankle sprains. Low ankle sprains occur right there at your actual ankle, but there are two types of low ankle sprains. The least common type of low ankle sprain is a medial ankle sprain. Medial just means middle, the inside part of your ankle. This type of sprain occurs when your foot goes outward when you sprain it. Now, this is less common because one, your foot does not have as much natural range of motion. It's not as flexible in that direction. Also, the ligaments on the inside of your ankle, your deltoid ligament, is much bigger, thicker, and stronger than the ligaments on the outside of your ankle. So it takes a lot to sprain that. This usually happens in sports like football where you're forced into a tackle 
or maybe something like soccer where you're running at a high speed and slip on the ball or something like that. These also are going to have a slightly longer time frame to get better than your uh, than the most common type of uh, ankle sprains. We're probably looking more like six to eight weeks on these. Um, and they can, and if they happen, they can be pretty painful because that's a big, thick ligament on the inside of your ankle. So when you sprain it, it really hurts. However, this is, I would say, by far the least common type of ankle sprain. Now, the third one we're going to talk about, and this is by far the most common type of ankle sprain, is a lateral ankle sprain. So lateral means the outside part of your ankle. This is the one that occurs when your foot rolls to the inside. This is going to make up probably 70-75% of all ankle sprains. This is the one that almost every athlete has had at some point in their career. With this one, you can expect to see pain on the outside of your ankle, tenderness to touch. There's probably going to be some swelling, and there may also be stiffness or even like instability or you feel like you're off balance. Okay, That happens because there are these small receptors in your ankle joint, really in all of your joints, called proprioceptors that tell you where you are in space. And when you have an injury like this, these proprioceptors kind of get turned off. Now, store that away because we're gonna talk about this in our third segment today when we get into treatment, okay? Now, once you've had an ankle, oh, also prognosis on lateral ankle sprains is the quickest recovery. They're the most common, but you're usually looking at two to four weeks before you can play again. Now, if you go back to playing quickly on these before you rehab all the way, they can linger. But they usually don't take nearly as long to recover from as the first two. Now, once you are pretty sure you've got an ankle sprain, the next thing you need to decide on is if you need an x-ray or not. Because when you sprain your ankle, you can break the bones in your ankle. So there are these um, set of rules called the Ottawa Ankle Rules that came out that are pretty neat. um, And they do a pretty decent job of letting us know whether or not you really need an x-ray. The auto ankle rules look for one of two things to be common. Now, the first one is pretty obvious. It's pain in your ankle, okay? If you don't have pain in your ankle, you probably don't have a sprained ankle, so that's an automatic check for box one. The second box can be one of two things. One is if you can't take five steps in a row on that foot. So if you can walk on it, and you don't have an obvious limp, your odds of having a fracture go down significantly. If you really struggle to put weight on it, and you either can't put weight on it, or there's an obvious limp, that would be a checkbox, number two, and it's time to go get an x-ray. Now, if you can walk on it without a major limp, the other thing that can check that box is if you're tender to touch over the bones in your ankle. So if you have a lateral ankle sprain on the outside of your ankle, you'd reach down and you feel around that bone. If that bone is really tender to touch, that's another one where that checks box number two and it's time to go get an x-ray, okay? So to summarize that, if your ankle hurt, if you sprain your ankle, if it hurts, check one. The next box is either you can't put weight on it for five steps in a row or it's really tender to touch directly over the bones. If either of those is true, you need to go get an x-ray, okay? This is not the end-all be-all. You could pass this and still have a broken bone, but this is gonna catch most of your broken bones. The way this works is it won't catch every, it, you can go get an x-ray and there's a chance and there's a good chance that it won't be broken, but if your ankle is broken, you will almost always test positive on this, okay? So it's not gonna miss a lot of broken ankles. So 
that's your general idea on what an ankle sprain is. I think we all kind of understand that part. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to talk about some myths and half-truths around sprained ankles. Stick around. All right, guys. Welcome back for the second segment of today's show on ankle sprains. What we're going to talk about now is a few myths and half-truths surrounding ankle sprains and see if we can clarify a little information for you here. The first one I want to talk about is with ankle braces or taping or K-tape. So a lot of people will tell you that you need to wear a brace or K-tape to prevent an ankle sprain. So this is where um, this one is more of a half truth than a flat out myth. Okay. What the research shows is braces and tape are equally effective if you've had a sprain in the past. Now, if you never have had a sprained ankle, the research shows that neither one of these is helpful. At that point, the best thing you can do is just train. Develop your strength, develop your range of motion, develop your balance. That is going to do far more for you than wearing a brace or tape because they do not help prevent ankle sprains if you've never had an ankle sprain. However, if you have had an ankle sprain in the past, either one of these can be equally as effective, the brace or the tape. At that point, it's personal preference, okay? What I recommend typically for this is if you've had sprains in the past and you still aren't where you need to be in terms of strength and range of motion, wear one of these two. If you've had sprains in the past, but you've gone through organized physical therapy and you've really restored your range of motion, you've restored your strength where you're kind of equal to the other leg and you've given it plenty of time to heal and you're well-trained for your sport, don't worry about it. Your odds of spraining are relatively low and adding something isn't going to help a whole lot at this point anyway. Now, if you're someone who's had a lot of sprains in the past, you can develop what we call functional ankle instability. This is basically chronic ankle sprains and that means that the ligaments in your ankle have actually stretched out over time and you just are at a much higher risk for spraining your ankle over and over again than normal people. For these people, I absolutely recommend wearing a brace or some K-tape, even if you've gone through organized physical therapy and even if you're feeling good, because your anatomy is just changed. Your ligaments are stretched out. They're not going back for whatever reason. And so you can still play your sport, but I think it's a good idea to use something like a brace or some K-tape just to help you be a little bit safer. The second one and you hear this all the time with competitive sports, is that you should be able to play through it. You know, you may even have a friend who says, well, yeah, I sprained my ankle, you know, a month ago, but I just played through it and I was fine. You should be able to play. And maybe you can't. The reason for that is there are different grades of ankle sprains. Okay? I've, I went through this personally when I was playing football in high school, and I had a really severe sprain of my ACL and my MCL. I remember I had to sit out for a large portion of the season. And I remember watching professional sports one day and my favorite team at the time, the Green Bay Packers, their safety suffered an MCL sprain. And he played that week. And I remember sitting there thinking, how come he can play and I can't? Well, the reason for that being, one was he probably had a very light grade, a grade one, maybe a grade two MCL sprain, whereas I had a more severe MCL sprain. Also, there are other concomitant injuries. I also had a meniscus tear with mine. He probably didn't. Okay? Same thing with ankle sprains. There are grades of these sprains. One person can have a grade one ankle sprain where they just stretch the ligament out a little bit. The other person can have a grade two or a grade three where there's actual tearing of the ligaments. That's going to be very different. Your experience is going to be different. The second person is going to feel more pain. 
they're going to have more trouble putting weight on it. If they try to play through it, it's just going to make things worse. There are also extra injuries you can have. Sometimes when you have a lateral ankle sprain, you still, and your foot turns in, you still get pain on the inside of your foot because it turns so far that your bones actually come together and kind of knock heads on the inside and you get a bone bruise on the inside. That happens all the time as well. So don't feel like just because somebody else had an ankle sprain and they played through it, that you should be able to play through it, okay? And then the third myth and half-truth is around something that physical therapists and physicians are still very guilty of. And this is the old RICE method. All right, if you've never heard this, RICE stands for Rest, Ice, Compression, Elevation. And that is what, for years, people who have sprained ankles or sprained any joint have been told to do. Well, turns out this came all came from one physician writing a paper one time. And years later, now, he has retracted his statements because this was based off of no research whatsoever. Okay, This guy was just trying to do the best he could to give people what he thought was the best information at the time. And, and to an extent, it kind of worked. What the same physician has realized now is that this has actually caused problems because people tend to misunderstand the rest component and they tend to overemphasize the ice compression elevation components, okay? So when you look at rest, and this, and this one again falls under half-truths because it's not completely wrong. By rest, what isn't meant here is total rest where you have to sit down all day. You can't walk on your ankle. Maybe you need crutches or a boot or something like that. What is meant here is active rest. That means do everything that doesn't hurt. Walk around, go up and down stairs, go about your day. By doing that, you're going to restore the range of motion. You're going to restore the strength. We also talked about those proprioceptors earlier, the joint, little receptors in your joint that tell you where you are in space. Walking around being active helps to re-stimulate those proprioceptors and it gets them going so that they help your balance and your stability, okay? Now, what you don't want to do is overdo it. You don't want to say, well, I need to go be active. Let me go play another game of volleyball. That would be bad because you're not ready for that. But the things that you can confidently do without pain, without instability, you still want to do those. You want to do active rest. You just want to rest from really intense activities that increase your symptoms, okay? Ice and compression are things that I've also really been questioned on whether they actually help with swelling or not. As a matter of fact, whether or not we want to pay a lot of attention to swelling has come under scrutiny as well. Some swelling is good for you. That's how your body heals. So there's thoughts that getting trying to decrease swelling immediately after immediately after an injury can actually be a bad thing and delay healing. Now, this is where judgment has to come in. Some swelling is good. Too much swelling. If your foot swells up like a softball, that's not a good thing. At that point, you want to do something. If the swelling sticks around more than two or three days, then you want to start doing something to get rid of it. But getting rid of swelling can be harder than you think. Ice may or may not help. The research is kind of 50-50 and probably points towards no. It really doesn't make a long-term difference. Kind of the same thing with compression. We still do it because it's about the best we know how to do, but it doesn't make a huge difference. Elevation is one thing that we think really does help though it's hard to elevate your foot all day. So maybe periodically, a couple times throughout the day, if you can elevate your foot above your heart, so you lay on the couch, just put it on the arm of the couch, something like that can help. Lay on the ground, put it in a chair, something like that for a few minutes, for 10, 15, 20 minutes can help. And I do still tell my patients to do all these things, but I also know that this is not the end-all be-all. That again, when it comes to getting rid of swelling, 
really activity. Activity that doesn't cause pain is the best thing because then your muscles work as a pump to pump the fluid out of your ankle and that really helps, okay? So if you sprain your ankle, don't fall too hard back on the old rice concepts. Do active rest. Avoid intense activities, but keep moving around as much as you can without irritating your symptoms, without causing swelling. Don't worry too much about the swelling. And another kind of attach to that is don't jump too quickly on the NSAIDs like Aleve and ibuprofen because there is research that shows that within the first two weeks after an injury, they can actually slow down healing. Now, after about two weeks, if you still have swelling, yes, that's when you can start using NSAIDs, but they actually have to, you have to take a much higher dose than you think. The thought process is you have to start around 1,200 milligrams a day, so like 400 milligrams three times a day, and then once it starts to help, you cut down 100 to 200 milligrams a day until you find the dosage that works and stay there. The caveat here is to be very careful because NSAIDs, ibuprofen, Aleve, things like that, can cause stomach problems. So if you have stomach issues, you probably don't want to take that many. You know, this is something you may want to consult your physician on before you start. Or if you're doing it and you notice stomach problems, stop because that can cause problems. All right. So I think that covers a lot of the major myths and half-truths around ankle sprains. If you have questions, or if you think I may be wrong about some of this, again, feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me an email, daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, at theathomept.com. I'd love to talk to you. I may feature what you say on another episode, or maybe we can just have a dialogue via email. But stick around, and in my next segment, we're going to get into treatment for ankle sprains. All right, guys. Welcome back to the third segment of today's show. Now we're going to talk about treating ankle sprains, okay? So... To kind of look back on our earlier segments, first is we want to think about what type of ankle sprain do you have? Do you have the most common where your foot rolled inside and the pains all are mostly on the outside of your ankle? That's good. That's a lateral ankle sprain. That's the most common. It's the easiest to treat. Did your foot roll outward and is the pain on the inside of your ankle? If so, it's a medial ankle sprain. It's the least common, but it can take a little while to get better. Or was your foot jammed up or down forcefully and the pain goes up into the front of your lower leg? Unfortunately, that may be looking like you have a high ankle sprain, which does take the longest to get better, okay? And once you've decided you've had a sprain, now we have to look at our fracture rules. So first off, does your ankle hurt? Yep, check. Now, do you either not, are you not able to walk on your foot five steps in a row or do you have tenderness to touch over the bones in your ankle where the sprain was? If either one of those things is true, then you probably know, need to go get an x-ray first just to make sure that you didn't break or fracture one of the bones in your ankle. So now that we've talked about all of that and we're ready to get into starting to treat your ankle, we're going to go through different things. First is, we talked about it a little bit in the previous segment, controlling swelling. Now we talked about a little bit of swelling, especially early on, is not a bad thing. That's how your body heals. Where swelling becomes a problem is if you get too much of it where it really swells up big, or if that swelling sticks around for more than about two weeks, that's where we really need to start thinking about doing something about it because that swelling staying in the area is actually starting to become a problem and it's starting to slow your body from laying new collagen and starting to heal that area. Now, what we can do about swelling is tough. Elevation helps, elevating your foot above the level of your heart. Ice and compression like a sleeve may or may not make much of a difference, but they're worth trying. 
if you're outside of that two-week window, you can think about taking medicine, NSAIDs particularly, Aleve, ibuprofen, things like that. Not Tylenol. Tylenol is not an NSAID. It's a good pain reliever, but it doesn't have any anti-inflammatory products. These other ones you can take, but it's a pretty high dosage. You have to start around 1,200 milligrams a day and then cut down until you find the dosage that works for you and stay there. Also, in the, that 1,200 milligrams, for starters, has to be seven days in a row to get into your bloodstream. Okay, so this is a lot of NSAIDs. Some people are leery of this because NSAIDs are known to cause stomach issues. If that's the case, just don't take them. Okay, if you've had stomach issues in the past, if you're worried about it, don't worry about it. Don't do it. Okay, if you don't have those things, if you're confident with it, go ahead and take them. But just know that if you start to develop stomach issues, you should probably stop and you may want to contact your physician. Once we've got our swelling under control, or really not even once we got under control, just at the same time, we don't, the second thing we want to think about is restoring the range of motion in your ankle. Usually there's one or two directions that you're going to be really limited with. The most common is what we call dorsiflexion. So that's if you're sitting, sitting there with your legs propped up on a couch or something and you pull your toes up toward you, that movement is dorsiflexion. That movement is really important because when we squat and run, that's the direction your ankle has to go for you to be able to get your knees past your toes, which is really important in sports, okay? The other directions are, are, can be limited as well, and this is somewhere we want to easily start working on this. We want to start doing some easy exercises where you can just literally point your toes up and down 30 times in a row, and you can go side to side 30 times in a row. You can make big circles. You can use your foot like a pencil and spell the ABCs. All of these things are really good just to get your ankle moving. And at the end of the today's segment, when I give you a home exercise program, we're going to talk about one to do this with. Then you also want to think, the third thing you want to think about is strength. Now, specifically, that is strength with the other three directions. That's pointing down, pointing in, and pointing out. There's a lot of different ways you can strengthen these. You can use bands around your foot to kind of give you resistance. Uh, you can do heel raises, which we're going to talk about in our HEP segment. But just generally, you want to start working on the strength in your ankle. And the reason I say specifically those three directions and specifically dorsiflexion for the range of motion is when we look at people with what we called functional ankle instability earlier are just chronic ankle sprainers, people who have sprained a bunch of times and maybe their ligaments are loosening up and this is becoming a chronic problem. What these people tend to lack is range of motion, specifically in dorsiflexion with your foot coming up, and strength in the other three directions, pointing down, pointing in, and pointing out. So you just want to be really aware of these and try to start working on range of motion and strength as early as you can, and that's really going to help get rid of that swelling, probably more so than anything else. It's just the movement. Good movement, pain-free movement is always quality physical therapy. You'll always hear me say that. Anything that's active and requires movement is going to be better than things that don't require movement, like ice, like compression sleeves, because our body was made to move, and movement is how we heal. So we're, we've already talked about swelling, range of motion, and strength. And then the last component we want to look at is balance or proprioception. We've talked about this a couple of times already in today's episode, but when you have these injuries... You have these little receptors in your joints called proprioceptors that tell you where you are in space, and they really help a lot with your balance. When you have an injury, these receptors just kind of shut off. So the, one, the way you turn these receptors back on is to simply start practicing balance again. We're going to talk about this in our exercise program, but just anything you can do to challenge your balance, standing on one leg, walking heel to toe like you're going to walk a line, you know, any of these things, standing on unstable surfaces. 
all of these things can be really good to help with the proprioception and they really help start getting the healing process going with a sprained ankle. As with anything else, you want to start with really easy things. And as you get better, you want to try more and more challenging things. Okay, so you have a sprained ankle. We want to identify what type it is, high or low, medial or lateral. We want to decide if we have a fractured ankle and if we do, if we, if, or if we, if we could have a fractured ankle, if we're positive on those Ottawa ankle rules that we talked about earlier. And if that's the case, go get an x-ray before you start anything. And then we want to start controlling the swelling, restoring range of motion, improving our strength and improving our balance or proprioception. So as always, I want to give you a few exercises that you can start doing at home today to start getting the healing process going, because that's the whole point of this podcast. The first one we're going to do is a standing calf stretch. So if I sprain my right ankle, I'm going to face a wall or a door of some kind, put my hands on the wall, put my right leg in the back with my knee straight. My left leg is in front where it's with my knee bent. So it's kind of like a runner position. And I'm just going to lean forward with that right ankle straight. What I want to feel is a stretch in the back of my calf. Okay. If I feel a pinch in the front of my ankle, I know my joint is really stiff. And this is one of those indications that you may need to go get organized physical therapy because if your joint is really stiff, that's just hard to improve on your own. There are some techniques. It's just a little more complicated. But if you do this, right leg in the back, knee straight, lean forward into the wall. If you get a nice little stretch in the back of your calf, that's a good thing. Your joint isn't too stiff and we're able to stretch those muscles out and restore that dorsiflexion range of motion, that really important. Okay, then we want to get a strengthening exercise. A really easy one that requires absolutely no equipment is just a standing heel raise. That is standing up. If you want to, you can put your hand on a wall or a countertop for balance, and you're just going to raise up on your, on your tiptoes and back down. When you go up on your tiptoes, go as high as you can. When you come down, come down under control. Don't just plop down on your heels. Take about two or three seconds to come down nice and slow. For, the, uh, for these heel raises, we're going to do three sets of ten. Once you can do three sets of 10 without pain and they start to get fairly easy, you can progress this by going up with both feet at the same time and then lift your uninjured leg and go down just on your injured ankle. So if I sprain my right ankle, I go up on both feet, lift up my left foot and come down just on my right nice and slowly. Once I can do three sets of 10 there fairly easily, then I'm going to switch to a single leg heel raise, which means I just start off balancing on my right foot. I can hold on to a countertop or something for balance. I go all the way up and slowly down all on my right foot. Three sets of 10 there, okay? If you can do three sets of 10 on those single leg heel raises, you're starting to look really good and have, starting to have a safe ankle, okay? Also, I failed to mention that on the standing calf stretch, you probably want to hold that for about 30 seconds and you want to do it about three times. And I would say go ahead and do it on both legs because, yeah, why not? The last exercise we're going to do is single leg stance. This is to work on your balance. And all this means is stand by something you can use for balance if you, if you need to at the last second, by a countertop or something like that. And you're just going to stand on one foot at a time and just try to balance on that foot. Set a timer for 30 seconds or count to 30 seconds in your head and just start standing on one foot for 30 seconds at a time, trying not to hold on to anything. If you need to make that a little bit harder, you can take something like a pillow or a cushion Put that on the ground, stand on that so it gives you a little bit of an unstable surface. Or standing where you can put your hands on something easily, you can stand there and close your eyes, and, and that will challenge your balance as well. Either one of those are really good ways 
but starting with that single leg balance is a really good way to work on your proprioception and your balance. Now guys, as always, this is stuff with mild ankle sprains you can start working on. If you do this for a week or two and you're not getting the results you want, I always recommend going and seeing a professional, physical therapist, chiropractor, orthopedic surgeon, athletic trainer, you name it. I always recommend if you have someone that you've worked with in the past and you have a great relationship with and you've seen good results from, continue to work with that person. If you don't, feel free to shoot me an email and let me know where you live. I can look around in your area and try to find someone with the qualifications to help get you back to your sport. But doing physical therapy or whatever you do in your area is always a great way to get healthy. It's a great investment because don't think about it as spending money. Think about it as investing in your health. And that is probably the most important thing that we can invest in, okay? All right, guys, that's all I have for today. So I will see you next time. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. If you like the show, remember to either follow or subscribe based off your platform and leave me a five-star rating or review. I'll see you next time.